honestly. to be here <laughs> shocking <laughs> oh dear oh how are you is that your giant list of what we're talking I about i think i just printed it out more than once oh <laughs> yeah okay i don't know why that printed so many times okay but, uh, chill <laughs> you know oh this is honestly <laughs> it's a podcast with zoe and logan that was zoe and that was logan and we are back <laughs> our first episode in December. No, just kidding. Last week's episode came out on the first. (laughs) You're a liar. It's our first day recording in December. (laughs) It's our first day recording in general. Sometimes it feels like it. We've never done this before. Um, Happy December. How's your December been going? Uh, The sequin top came into the store. Oh, yes. Mentioned that last week. The woman has now... Stop calling because it's there. I hope that she found it. Perfect. And that they're together at last. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so happy that we got closure on that. Just wanted to fill you all in. Wonderful. Tom, I just have That's good. That's How's yours? Good. Um, not great. <laughs> Not, not great, super Bob. awesome. Why would why would that be? Um. Well, as you know, I yeah. Um. But for the uh, benefit of our listeners, I was in a car accident. Super on chill Saturday night. Um. Which was a new experience for me. I've um. I had made yeah. it twenty three years without being in a car accident, which seems good. I don't I, know. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I would have liked for you to go longer. I. You know, personally, I feel like I could have gone my entire life yeah. without having to deal with that. Um, but obviously, I am sitting here talking. I am okay. Um, my mom and I got rear-ended on the QEW as we were coming home from visiting my grandmother. So A day full of fun events. It was just a day that kept getting worse. <laughs> Um, oh. yes, so I got to ride in an ambulance. Also a new experience. Yes. That was very fun. No, it wasn't. Um, Overall, um, 0 out of 10 would not recommend. Did they have the sirens on? No, because it wasn't an emergency. Okay. Um, But my mom was in one of those, like, whiplash collars, which um, seeing your mother or somebody you care about in a whiplash collar, in a gurney, with, like, those little, like, thingies on you to, like, monitor your heart rate and pull I don't know yeah. I'm not a doctor um <laughs> in an ambulance is not something I want to see Slightly and traumatic. not something that in the state that I was already in helped my emotional state mm. um so yeah that was fun taking off December 
nicely. It was a blast. Yeah, December 2nd, just right off the bat, let's get into a car accident. <laughs> let's do it. Um, so that was a lot of fun. We got to go to Trillium Hospital in Mississauga. Wow. It is not nice. No. I don't think I told you this, no, but I, I had a very bad experience at the hospital. So basically, I was very worked up. I was very shaken up. As you can imagine. just very up, okay? Um, There was a lot going on. I was emotional, but trying to deal with all of this stuff. Um, And so we get to the hospital, and the paramedics or EMTs, uh, there were two of them, Devin and Jeff. They were both very nice. Shout out to Devin and Jeff. We liked them a lot. Um, They were wheeling... (laughs) Jeff my OTP. (laughs) They were wheeling my mom into a uh, like um, examination room or whatever, so she could wait to be seen by a legitimate doctor. Mm-hmm. Not that the EMTs aren't legitimate. Jevin are great. We love. Not Jevin. that they're legitimate medical workers, but that she was there to get checked out by a doctor. Um, so they were wheeling her, and I was following along, and I just get like, gr- not grabbed. No one grabbed me, but this woman just comes up to me, and she's just like are you with her? Gesturing to my mom. And I was like, yes. She's like, I need you to come with me. And I'm like, great. Um, so she had to take me to the registration desk to get my mom like checked into the Mm. hospital or whatever. Um, so I'm sitting there, I'm processing a lot because they've just taken my mom somewhere and now I'm over here and I don't know what's going on. Um, and so she is asking me these questions and so I'm sitting across from her and there's like those plexiglass yes. partitions dividing us and there's emergency like room. there's like a nice opening but she is um what they called in Seinfeld a low talker oh, could not are. hear her I was like in the plexiglass <laughs> I and she was just like what's her what's her name oh what's her last name um like speak up <laughs> so she's asking me these questions I'm trying to answer them I'm just like I'm just like Let's get through this. Like, yeah. I just want to, like, go see my mom, make sure she's okay. Um, she asked me all these questions, and then she's just, like, she gives me these forms, and she's, like, uh, okay, so, like, you can go back there and just, like, give them to a nurse. I'm, like, okay. And I just, just like, like, any nurse? And like, just because, like, if I had been thinking more clearly, I would have asked for more specific <laughs> instructions. But I was, like, okay, sure. So I, like, make my way back to where the rooms are, get back there. There's nurses everywhere. It's yeah. a hospital. So I'm like, gonna, like, I need more information. And looking around, nothing is apparent to me. Like, yeah. give forms here. There's no sign that <laughs> no says that. No woman with, like, a sandwich board. Yeah. And, like, I'm the nurse. So I kind of just, like, I'm looking around, and I kind of walk back over to, like, where the back end of the registration area yeah. is. And I'm like, maybe I'll, somebody will see me, and I, they can help me. This woman... Looks at me and goes, I think she assumed that I was lost and yeah. didn't know where I was going, which partially was true. <laughs> yeah. But she goes, you can just follow the red dots on the floor in that tone. So, whew. all right. I'm like, okay, I was given these forms. I was told to give them to a nurse. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. She's like, what? Like, I was given these forms, I was told to take them to a nurse, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. She's just like, what are those? Give those to me. She comes over, snatches them out of my hand, and I'm like, all right. She's looking at them, she's like, who gave these to you? I'm just like, I don't, one of the women over there. Oh, Tammy at the front, like, who? I was like, sorry, I'm not on a first name basis with the woman who I was just speaking to. 
she wanders back. She's like, who gave these to this girl? This girl? She gets con. <laughs> I don't know if she said this girl, but she said, who gave these to her? Like, this dumb woman. <laughs> so she comes back over and she's just like, are you the patient? And at this point, I am so upset. Yeah. And I, this woman is like borderline screaming yeah. at me for no reason. And I'm just like, I am not the patient. The patient is my mother. And I just start crying. Oh. And like, yeah. the patient is my mother. I do not know who to give these forms to. Tell me. Do you want to do your, your job? job and help yeah. me? And so she just walks them over and gives them to somebody. She's like, your mom's in room 17. You can go see her. I, oh, that and is I, so simple. And I just kind of like stood around for a second. She's like, you don't have to do anything else. I was like, all right. It would have been so helpful if you just said that initially. I, yeah, I feel like we could have saved a lot of time and effort had you just come out and said that immediately. Um, but, and I said this to my mom when I went in and I was like in the room with her. I was just like, you are working at a hospital. Like, I, both my mom and I were very lucky. We didn't sustain any serious injuries. But there are people, like, this is, like, the emergency room. Like, there are people there dealing with much more severe injuries, illnesses, etc., etc. And this is your attitude towards somebody who is clearly distressed? Great. I remember in um, grade 12, Mm -hmm. like, when I was first starting to get all my hives and we didn't know what they were... Mm -hmm. That's a scary thing to have, because you're like, am I going to go into, like, anaphylactic sure, shock yeah. in a second? Like, what is this, too? So we yeah. went to the emergency, and she chooses this moment. I'm, like, crying, because I'm like, I'm covered in hives, and I don't know what's going on, and yeah. this is happening every day, and it's all <laughs> over me, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. She chooses this opportunity to be like, your health card, they're not going to accept it everywhere, because it's not the one with the picture. So then my anxiety peaks more. I'm like, oh, they're not going to take me at this hospital, like... Perhaps learn how to deal with people who are upset a little bit better if you're the the person that they're going to meet in the emergency room. Yes. And I understand we all have bad days at work. Oh, yeah. And so I would like to chalk this up to this woman just having a bad day. Um, I really hope that's the case. I really do not, like, I sincerely hope that this is not how she is every day because that's horrible. Um, and so... Yeah, I would not recommend Trillium Hospital to no. anyone looking for medical attention. Um, it's it just looked it was like really dingy. Yeah, like my mom, it was so funny. My mom's like, yeah, all I could see was the ceiling, but it didn't look very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but not a nice hospital. Although the doctor that like ended up coming in to see my mom was really really okay, nice. That's good at least. So that was kind of like redeeming. Um, but yeah, so we were like. Honestly, the entire ordeal, like, from the car accident at the time we got home was three and a half hours, which I think is pretty good, considering yeah, we had to emerge- go to the hospital. In an ambulance to emerge. Yeah, let me tell you, if you arrive at emerge in an ambulance, you get first priority. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that much. I've never experienced And God, that. I hope you never do. Yeah. It's not something I wish but on like, anyone. How many times? The three or four times I've been in emerge, I've had to sit and be like, in. It's a goddamn nightmare. And like, even gonna see to me. And that's like both like what my mom and I thought was gonna happen. And that's yeah. like my mom was so like she's so <laughs> annoying. She never a burden. She she's so stubborn. She never wants to be like a burden on anyone. Yeah. And so like she was like refusing to get checked out initially. You're like mom. And like but she like like had some back pain yeah. and like she knew it. Like she didn't think it was serious. And like I didn't think it was serious. Yeah. Also. 
But, like, the EMTs, God bless them, like, we're taking their jobs very seriously. And they're like, no, like, we want, like, if you're having back pain, like, we should really check you out. In because case. you never know. Yeah. And so, but she just, like, doesn't want to be a problem. <laughs> and, you know, doesn't want to, like, whatever. And then, like, she both, like, we both thought that we were, like, we we're going to be stuck in the eMERGE, like, waiting room forever. for hours. Yeah. And she's just like, I don't want to go through that. Like, oh, what a waste. <laughs> and it's just, like... Sometimes it's better safe than sorry. Sometimes it is a waste, but on the off chance it's not, you want to be there. Exactly. Like, and I feel like there are just, like, certain parts of your body that you don't want to, like, take chances risk with. It. Yeah. And, like, hey, call me crazy, but, like, the back's one of them. <laughs> like, your spine. But uh, everything's fine. That's just good. Just run of the mill. I am glad to hear. From the aggressive jolts. And the airbag? From, yeah, so my air, like, the airbags on the uh, passenger side, like, door, which is where I was sitting, went off for literally no reason, because we got hit square on from behind, very hard, almost at high, like, top speed, it's yeah, fine. because the QEW, Delightful. Um, yeah, but my airbags went off for, like, no reason, and they, like... Think like airbags are a good invention. I'm not knocking airbags. I'm just saying in <laughs> What's this What's the deal with airbags? In this particular case, I think they did more harm than good because I just have some bruises on my arm. Yeah. And my arm was what hurt the most initially. And I was yeah. like, I knew it wasn't broken or anything, but I'm just like, ow. Oh. <laughs> Thanks like, guys for nothing. Like something just exploded at me. It's chill. Um, yeah, so that was that's been my December. That's a good kickoff. Sequin shirt. Car crash. Honestly, it's a party. What will the rest of the month bring? (laughs) Only time will tell. God. Oh, my God. Before, again, we get into content. Oh, I already got into my content. (laughs) I was just rambling on about my car accident. Let me... I found this. Someone tweeted it. Um, One of the guys from the Try Guys... Oh, yeah, yeah. He did it because he's in the picture that they used on the YouTube, like, thumbnail. Yeah. So he was like, wow, these people are idiots, but, like, hey, always happy to be in a thumbnail. <laughs> um, it's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it's an alt-right conspiracy. Okay. So this is all Tumblr posts. Yo, by the way, if you were wondering how the alt-right is doing, the current conspiracy theory they're rallying around is that soy sauce is why trans people exist. Let me get into this further. Please do. Um, Adding clarification to this, since I did it in a separate post, I think what basically happened is that some dude was looking at what goes into soy and noticed it contains estrogen and subsequently came to the conclusion that soy and soy-based products are feminizing men. And has taken off with the InfoWars crowd. This is the part that I started hysterically laughing at, okay? The new hot alt-right insult is soy boy. (laughs) So get ready to be called that by sometime in the near future. Um, (laughs) Recent update. They're now, people who are using this are now quoting multiple studies but not providing any. Oh, great. And they have proven... That onions increase your testosterone levels. So now there's whole threads of dipshits just drinking raw onion juice and arguing over which onion is the least degenerate. And whole other threads arguing that the onion thing is false 
by feminists to get people to look like idiots drinking raw onion juice. The alt-right have honed the art of self-owning into a goddamn science. Ain't that the truth? Soy boys. First it was cuck, now it's soy boys. <laughs> I hate everything. Soy boys. I just wanted to uh, bring that up. soy boys. Just bring that up for you to just, you know, take with you for the day. Wild. Just, wow. Wow. Soy sauce. I mean, it's really true, though. Like, the alt-right just make it so easy Right? To make, like, like, they, the do, they do the work for you. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You're like, oh, oh you look so dumb. <laughs> Jesus. Aww. Like, how do you think you're the superior race? <laughs> Soy boy? Like, like, you think that's a thing? You're drinking vats of onion juice. You're just going to smell, and no one's going to want to be around you, which is already okay. your life. So. so, not much to say otherwise. <laughs> Boys. That's wild. That's all I wanted to share. Uh, <laughs> the podcast bye. is over now. <laughs> we have a oh. lot to talk about this week, I think. Jam packed. I, for once in my goddamn life, <laughs> um, prepared for something. Wow. And I actually put together a pretty uh, good list of notes for like the various topics yeah. that I wanted to discuss because nice. I feel like every week. Like, I like the discussions that we have, and I mm-hmm. feel like it's like I'm not, like, a total disaster, I but, like, you're a disaster at all. Thank you. But I feel like there are some times where I'm just like, it would be helpful if I had more information <laughs> on this topic that if I am we talking about. silent for, like, two minutes scrolling through Twitter, both of us being like, no, I think, no, I can find it. Yeah. Like, no. So it was like, yeah. I knew what I wanted to talk about, and I'm just like, how about I compile all my information now so that later on, when I'm looking for a fact or figure or tweet, I'll have it. <laughs> Amazing. So and that's we what we did. We both have notes here. Yeah. So look I'm at us go. Prepared. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the topics, again, are going to be centered around, like, sexual assault. So if that's something that you can't listen to, heads up. We probably should have said that. In other episodes, that's what I was thinking. Several weeks. So just, um... Hey. Yes. <laughs> Our bad. Um, yeah. So, want to get into it? Yeah, what do we want to start with? Let's start with the, the time, person of the year. Beauty. Okay, so for those of you who are unaware, uh, Time Magazine released their person of the year issue the other day, and the person of the year this year were uh, the Silence Breakers. That's the one thing that I didn't write down. I didn't yeah. confirm what the actual silence, silence breakers. Nice. Which, um, in the article, they ended up profiling, like, it was like a couple dozen various people. Yeah. Um, from, Taylor Swift included. From celebrities that, you know, are very well known, such as Taylor Swift, Ashley Judd, Alyssa Milano, etc. To um, just your average, everyday women and yeah. men. Um, like motel workers. Yes, like, like housekeepers, farm workers, workers yeah. like just um, women and men. There are a couple men in there from all walks of life, yeah. arguably. Um, and it was um, a diverse, to a certain extent, yeah. group. However, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> always. I feel like 
Um, all the things that I wrote down about it are negative, and that sounds bad because it's really good <laughs> that they were the person of the year. Yes. And all the things I wrote were like, what about this? What about that? So before that, just want to say, think it's awesome that they were featured as person of the year. Yes, I think it's that was a really good move, and I think I think there was a lot of good in mm-hmm. the piece. I do too. And in the um, uh, intent behind the piece, I think there is a lot of good intentions. Yeah. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Should I just say one issue that I had? Yeah, right go off for the it. Bat was, hold on, make sure I have her name right before I'm like dragging on these people. Okay. <laughs> so, Toronto Burke, who started the um, Me Too hashtag, yeah. was mentioned, mm-hmm. but it was. seconds of her name being there and that she started the hashtag and then like not really much else and then just talked about Alyssa Milano how she used the hashtag and I was like okay but also let's talk about who started it yeah and I think that was the issue that a lot of people had with the article is that um there I don't like I guess there wasn't like due credit given to Toronto Burke for creating this movement like like but it was like a decade ago. Like, yeah. this is something that like has been has happening. been around yeah. and has been happening. Um, and she, like Toronto Burke was quoted in the article as saying, "We have to keep our focus on people of different class mm. and race and gender," yeah. which I think is a very important right. point because um, I think initially when women in Hollywood were coming forward about their various um, stories of sexual assault and harassment and abuse, it was a lot of like white cisgendered. Oh yeah obviously rich women and yeah. so that's not um something that a lot of people can relate to and they're i mean everyone's just in different positions in terms of if they are able to come forward yeah. or not and obviously like they, if these powerful women felt like they were silenced how does somebody like a housekeeper or a yeah. farm worker or just somebody who works as an office assistant feel so yeah. I, like, really liked, I wrote this down, too, that I really liked that they included um, this quote. I'll read it. Those who are most often vulnerable in society, immigrants, people of color, people with disabilities, low-income workers, and LGBTQ people describe many types of dread. If they raise their voices, would they be fired? Would their communities turn against them? Would they be killed? And then according to a 2015 survey by the National Center for Transgender Equality, 40% 40% of trans people reported being sexually assaulted at some point in their lives, both in and out of the workplace. I really, I thought that was a really good thing about the article that they put that Yes, in. I think it was important that they specified that although this is experience that women across the board have dealt with at some point in their lives, there are certain groups within that that yeah. are more likely to experience it and are just have less of they're less likely to come forward because of the position that they're in i think that's with anything too when you're looking at anything in feminism to be mindful of Mm -hmm. just because like when people are talking about like pay gap and stuff like that too it's often just centered on white women yes but then also everyone else is making less than that so like just just make sure that your feminism is intersectional bam include everyone or you're doing it wrong am i right Right. Ain't that the truth? Um, yeah, it's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff. It yeah, there it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's hard because like you know that the intention was really good, and I think they did parts of it really well. Yeah. 
Um, and there were some interesting like facts and figures brought up. Like there was one um, from like a 2001 study that an industrial organizational psychology professor at the University of Nebraska at Omaha did that found that males who had gone through sexual harassment training in the workplace were actually less willing to report sexual harassment in the workplace. So, like, that's, like, you, people are like, well, we need to, like, implement better training in workplaces, which, like, is true, but also, obviously, there are studies that have shown that it's counterproductive to do that because it makes people less likely to report something. And, like, it's good to have those programs put in place, but then it has to be, like, how... How are we going to, like, use that moving forward? Mm -hmm. Because it can't just be, like, here's what you should do. Because, yeah, you should do that, but what are the odds that people are actually going to do that? Exactly. But, like, how can you put it into place without, I don't know, like, having it fall by the wayside kind of thing? No, absolutely. There was one, one of the women that was profiled, her name's Crystal Washington, and she's a hospitality coordinator at the Plaza Hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, and she was sexually harassed or assaulted in the workplace. And she ended up joining with six other female employees to file a sexual harassment suit against the hotel. But in the meantime, while they're working through that suit, she can't afford to leave her job. She has mm-hmm. to continue working there. And the person who she is accusing of harassing and like the other women are accusing of harassing them still works there. So they have to go into work every day and face the person that assaulted and harassed them. And then that puts them in a whole other, like, harmful situation, like, really potentially, really, really dangerous Mm -hmm. situation. Like, the situation they were in before was already dangerous, and now the person obviously knows that six women who they've been harassing and assaulting have brought it to a higher power and... um, like they were already in a vulnerable vulnerable position yeah. and it's just been heightened now so also another thing with the article like i know they can include everyone but i was like where's kesha <laughs> that was my whole thing because i was like i know like realistically you're, you can't include everyone in mm-hmm. this but just going back to before all the harvey weinstein stuff came out and before all of these allegations started piling up yeah and people were kesha's whole like legal case Mm -hmm. was so public and she was so open about everything and about changing things and stuff and I just felt kind of like she should have been at least mentioned a little bit that's a personal opinion but we also love her a lot so yeah it's it's interesting to like think about the whole Kesha Dr. Luke thing because I just feel like that happened in a completely different time almost and obviously you can't sit there and be like well what if but it's like what if all of the, like, her allegations had come forward now, yeah. you know? I feel like... Because, like, her career was almost destroyed. They did everything possible to, like, kill it. Exactly. So. And I just feel like the attitude towards these, like, you know, allegations that women are making, and I'm not saying allegations to, like, imply that they're, like, not telling yeah. the truth. I'm just saying, like, allegations or accusations or these stories that women are coming forward with. Like, there's such a different attitude towards them now, and I feel like, as a whole... No, not as a whole. I feel like people are starting to take them more seriously. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, if the whole Kesha situation had happened, like, a couple years later, or, like, if she had come forward yeah. about a couple years later, like... Where would they be? Where would now? they be? And I think 
it probably would have there would have been a better outcome for her. Yeah. Because she did not get any sort of justice in that situation. No, and like he's allowed to continue operating just the same as he was before. Yeah. So like again, powerful men not being held accountable for things that they really should be held accountable for. And I just felt like it was kind of like I know it's not happening at the same time, mm-hmm. but I felt it was kind of like a snub. Just like put her in it. I just that's my personal opinion. My humble onion. Onion juice. Boost your testosterone. Yeah. You know? Um, one of the people who was included in the article was Terry Crews, mm. who, um, what a what a lovely, lovely man. Um, so for those of you that don't know, um, he was like assaulted by his agent at the time or unagent at the time. Yeah. Adam Vennett or Vinny, I don't know yeah. how you say his last name. Um and so Terry Crews has since spoken out about that in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein thing. He came forward with his story and he said in his uh, interview that he did with Time that I always have felt women have been able to take care of themselves 100% but men need to hold other men accountable. And I think that's a really important point because I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, like men are just immediately believed and like, well, he's yeah. coming forward. It's like, that's fine. Like, we don't like whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, he obviously wasn't coming forward to, like, take the spotlight away yeah, from anyone. No. Like, he just... It was kind of, like, a supportive, It like... was in solidarity yeah. for the other women who had come forward, and it's just, like, it can happen to anyone, you know? Right? That's, and I think it's really important when you look at someone like Terry Crews, too. Like, you see him, he's just kind of, like, statue, like, he's a built guy. Yeah. And he's someone who, like, by all these, like like, rape culture myths and all this stuff, we'd be like, oh, no, that wouldn't happen to him. Like, he's, Mm -hmm. like, who would try that? But, like, no, that's just, like, further proof that it happens to everyone and it's everywhere. Yeah, and he, at one point in in his interview, he, like, used the term cult of masculinity, which I thought was incredibly interesting, and I really liked the way that he worded that because I feel like masculinity is a cult. Yeah. It's just, like, such a dangerous... It's a slippery slope, yeah. you know? Um, and so I, I thought that was just really interesting and just being surrounded by, like, that toxic masculinity. Yeah. And he said that, like, when he spoke to people about his assault, they were like, whoa, like, why didn't you just, like, punch him? Like, why didn't you do anything? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you're such a big guy. Like, you could take care exactly. of yourself. And he's just like, no one questions the predator. It's no. just... it continues that cycle of like victim blaming that's like well why didn't you do anything to stop it like here's a thought (laughs) what if we were like just switch this around yeah ask them all the questions it shouldn't be like why really the one you need to get answers from yeah it shouldn't be why didn't i do anything it should be why did that person do something (laughs) yeah like why was i put in a position like that where i would have to do something and then um so adam bennett the agent um conveniently also happens to represent people such as Casey Affleck, Dustin Hoffman, and Brett Ratner. Yeah. Um, So just an example of abusers protecting other abusers. Like, hmm, weird how it's not at all isolated. (laughs) Like, hmm, almost as if people know and just continue to put things in place to protect other people doing shitty things. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Ugh, the worst. The worst. The worst. But I really did enjoy the uh, interview that Terry Crews did with Time. It's pretty short. Um, but he just seems like a really 
great guy and I'm so happy that he's like come forward about this and has been so vocal about it and hasn't backed down and the thing with Terry Crews too if you look at other things like before any of this he was always very on it about masculinity Mm -hmm. like I remember a bunch of like late night shows that he did where he was like talking about his clutch like he carries a clutch and people are like that's so girly. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? He's like, what? I need to put my thing somewhere. Like, it just makes sense to carry a clutch. Yeah. Like, it just, I can put all my stuff in it. Why is it it's have just to be, like, logical. a masculinity thing? Exactly. So, like, it's just another step that he's taking to be in, like, solidarity with people. And I think that's really great. Yes. Not great for the circumstance, but no. great that he's taken it as an opportunity to be a voice for other people, too. Yes. Absolutely. You know, any more thoughts? Um, just kind of related to the article. Um, Gabrielle Union came out. Um, and it was this is an article in Nylon. I think it was based on like an interview from somewhere else, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. But um, basically, she was talking about basically what you were saying earlier about the article just kind of being predominantly like white, rich women. Yes. And so she said, first of all, like, she's promoting her new book um, called We're Going to Need More Wine. (laughs) And in it, she uh, tells a story about how at 19 years old, she was raped at gunpoint. And she was saying, like, her book came out just, like, a couple weeks after the first Harvey Weinstein allegations started coming out. Mm -hmm. And she said that her tour just became kind of like a pop-up of people needing her support for things Mm. and being, like, a pop-up like safe space i think is what they said yeah and so she was like she would be going to all these cities and people be like me too this happened and she just was going home every night and just like crying because can you like imagine the don't have to relive that every day all the time um but she was talking about i think it's specifically about the time person of the year and just all the allegations that are coming forward and she said i think the floodgates have opened for white women I don't think it's a coincidence whose pain has been taken seriously, whose pain we have showed historically and continued to show, whose pain is tolerable and whose pain is intolerable, and whose pain needs to be addressed right now. If those people hadn't been Hollywood royalty, if they hadn't been approachable, if they hadn't been people who have had access to parts and roles and true inclusion in Hollywood, would we have been believed? Um... And then she goes to talk about how no one since the news broke has talked about anything related to R. Kelly's victims. Mm, And those are all young, non-famous black women. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, it happened. People were like, oh my God. And then it was memes. Yeah. Like it was just jokes and memes and and nothing else. Like what about, what about them? Yes. And she said, um... When we have the microphone, how often do we pass it back to people who are experiencing a different challenge, but who are equally worthy as having the microphone? Gabrielle so, Union is just a goddess amongst yeah. the rest of us plebes walking this <laughs> earth. Honestly, truly. Um, I love her so much, and I have so much respect for her just as a person. Um... Yeah, you, um, and we've kind of talked about this before, but you can't pick and choose who you believe. No. Um, to another thing we're going to talk about. Yes. Too. You can't pick and choose who you believe 
if you are going to believe white women, white rich women that are coming forward, you also have to believe perhaps poor black women that are yeah. coming forward or transgender women who are coming yeah. forward. Women um, with disabilities. Women with disabilities. Um, really anyone. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's all fine and well for women like Rose McGowan to come forward and, you know, that's great. Tell your story. But uh, Zoe and I were just having a conversation earlier today about taking up space. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, be mindful of the fact that there are other women with shared experience that maybe don't have the platform that you have yeah. to talk about. Or maybe even some women who are still, like, rich or famous or whatever, mm -hmm. but because they're from, like, a vulnerable population, mm -hmm. maybe don't feel comfortable coming to the table and being like, hey, this happened to me. Yeah. It's not okay. Like, list off what happened. Like, some people don't feel comfortable doing that. That's another thing with the article I forgot to mention that I think they missed. Mm -hmm. Was I know they had the elbow on the cover to, like, symbolize people who weren't comfortable. Like, it was one person who wasn't comfortable, like, sharing their story. But I think that they could have put in more about like it's okay if you haven't come forward mm -hmm. if you don't feel comfortable coming forward that doesn't make the experience that you had any less valid um the things you do even if you're not talking about it are still incredibly brave so exactly yeah they like, had two um women who chose to be anonymous there was a hospital worker and a former office assistant who um, they just never revealed who they were. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really important piece of it is that some people, for whatever reason, it's valid, don't come forward with their stories. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen to them. It just means that for whatever reason, they're not coming forward. Yeah. And I, who can like who can blame them really? Exactly. When this I, yeah. is what happens. You see how people are treated yeah. who do come forward. So. Yeah, I don't know. Pros and cons. As with anything. Yeah. But I think when it's, um, like, I think all things considered, the article was well done. Mm -hmm. And everything Oh, I mean, it was, was definitely kind of well like, written. Like, know? 100%. But I think when you're dealing with topics such as this, there has to be just, like, just, like, an extra push more of, like, I don't know what I'm looking for, what word I'm looking for, but, like, effort yeah. kind of put into it to make sure all your bases are covered, that you're not leaving anyone out. It's a very, obviously, like, a hot-button issue right now, and just a very sensitive topic. Um, and, yes, if any party is excluded or not given, like, the right amount of attention or credit, it can get very dicey. Um, and I think that's, I think that's what the majority of the backlash has been over is just not giving certain people yeah. as much credit or space as they deserve in yeah. the article. So, but overall, good. Glad that people are talking about it. Yes. The conversation just continues on. And I think that is valuable. Me too. No. You want to talk which one? Which month? <laughs> what? What's a cover next? Or um, um, the op-ed by 
going through. Or also Dustin Hoffman. Or also, oh God, it never ends. Um, let me. I'm gonna talk about Dustin Hoffman real quickly. So, um, there was recently a panel discussion for the 20th anniversary of the film Wag the Dog, which starred Dustin Hoffman and John Oliver, who, you know, um, (laughs) was the moderator for that discussion. And, um, hilarity ensued. Just kidding. It wasn't (laughs) hilarious. But basically, for those of you who don't know the allegation against Dustin Hoffman, but um, Anna Graham Hunter has accused him of harassing and assaulting her while she was interning on the set of Death of a Salesman in 1985. To put that in context, she was 17 and Dustin Hoffman was 48. Um, So, yeah. So during the panel, uh, John Oliver used that as an opportunity to question Dustin Hoffman about the allegation. Mm -hmm. And I haven't actually, like, watched the clip, but I've just kind of, I've read a couple articles about it, and it sounds like John Oliver was quite persistent and didn't just let it, you know, go, and was like, oh, okay, like, you silly guy, like, we'll just talk about what a great actor you are. Um, He was apparently very persistent with it. Um, And some people were not happy about this, including Michael Rappaport, who... Up until this moment, I had a positive opinion of right? because Me too. he's in the Netflix show Atypical, which some of you may remember Zoe and I talked about not that long ago because we both really like it. Yeah. Um, I like his character in that. have to say, not a fan of him as a person. No. He no tweeted longer. some ridiculous thing. Also, the way it was written, I was like, if you're going to have an argument, please stop writing this way. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> that is all. Basically, uh, one of the things he said in his tweet was, you address this man as Mr. Hoffman. Basically, the whole like vibe of his tweet was that John Oliver didn't give Dustin Hoffman the respect He didn't that give the sexual deserved, predator the respect he deserved. Which, God. and I have this in my notes in all caps, people who are accused of harassment and assault are not entitled to social niceties. No! I'm sorry if that's no. a controversial opinion to hold. No. But if you have been accused of harassing and assaulting anyone, let alone a 17-year-old, um, I really don't think that you deserve to be called Mr. or Mrs. or Sir or Madam. You don't deserve those niceties no. that we give no. to regular and, decent people. And, like, I know a lot of people were saying this. I think one of the tweets that you have also said this. But literally, like, why is your issue not that Dustin Hoffman is accused of this, but that he's not being called Mr. Hoffman? Yeah. Like, that's that's really not the issue, but uh, nice trying to deflect. Um, yeah. Um, do better. I have some tweets from Laura, who is a friend of the podcast. <laughs> She's Shout out to Laura. Zoe's friend and colleague. Um, and she had some really good tweets on the matter that I wanted to share. So, first one is, seriously though, what is with the he should have respect for Dustin Hoffman chorus? This guy's been in movies, not exactly curing cancer. He's assaulted women, but we should respect him because he was in The Graduate? Hashtag not okay. Then she continues on, attitudes like this are exactly how these guys get away with assaulting and harassing women for years. Quote unquote. But he's a legend. And then GTFO. Yeah. And then finally... The deifying of celebrities, specifically men, is a massive reason why guys like Dustin Hoffman can get away with assault and harassment and then have people crucify their accusers. Yep. 
Like, stop putting people up on pedestals for things that they don't deserve to be up there for. Yeah. Like, yes, you may respect someone's work. Absolutely. Movies they may have been in may mean a lot to you for whatever reasons. Of course. But it does not excuse them from being held accountable for their actions when they're just a shitty person. Like, I'm sorry, but that's... That's how it goes. I don't know. If you're going to do something terrible, you should be held accountable for that terrible thing. Yes. I don't care if you won Oscars or Emmys or any sort of awards. Like, I don't care what accomplishments you have, like, on your resume that we can pull up. If you are a bad person, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't. No. So... Yeah, I um, I think, again, at, like going back to the thing that Terry Crews said in his interview with Time, men need to hold other men accountable. I think it was um, important that John Oliver um, questioned Dustin Hoffman right. about this. Um, you know, it's just everyone needs to do their part. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like John Oliver before I watch his show, mm-hmm. but like that moment, I was like, good like you did a thing that you should be doing already but like when it's not happening you're like cool good job yeah um one thing that bugged me though was people people's reaction to like other than the they didn't call him sir (laughs) was that it wasn't the right time yes or place and i'm like well what what is the right time and place to um hold someone accountable for their behavior yes, like it's and, not yeah he's not gonna have another opportunity to be like in front of people which was the point exactly not to do it in a private situation yeah are you gonna have to talk to dustin Hoffman and be like you're a bad person exactly here's why talk about it yeah and laura tweeted something like along those lines also where it's just like well what is the right time and place yeah like, there's not one that was it there, take it you take whatever opportunity you have if the discussion of sexual assault makes you uncomfortable because the person being accused is like an idol of yours or somebody that you admire for their acting talents, like that's a you problem. <laughs> if that makes you, if those are the reasons that it makes you uncomfortable, like there are many reasons why talking about sexual assault would make people uncomfortable. But if it makes you uncomfortable purely you because like you like that person <laughs> and you like some movies that they've been in, I'm sorry, that's a you problem. Yeah. And we can't just, like, tiptoe around it and be like, oh, well, we won't do this because we don't want to upset Michael and Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, please. Um, Sorry, Hellboy. (laughs) Did he play Hellboy? Um, (laughs) Boy from Hell. Um, I don't remember the exact wording of the tweets or who they were by. So prepared. But, like, (laughs) in the earlier stages of all these allegations, someone Mm -hmm. tweeted something along the lines of, like, Instead of, like, mourning all the talent that we're losing now, perhaps mourn the talent that we could have seen had people not been uh, victimized by bad people. Yeah, I've seen a lot of variations of that, and I think it's such an important point to remember. Um, Yes, I'm sorry that, you know, you cannot now watch House of Cards without a sour taste in your mouth because... Kevin Spacey is in it, and he's been proven to be a horrible person. Yeah. But there have been so many people 
who have been silenced by all of these yeah. scandals, um, and we might never get to see what they could have brought brought to the table. Yeah. And that's the real tragedy. It is. Stop. Just stop. That'd be cool. Seems like a cool thing to do. Just in general. Stop. You know? Um, other thing, kind of similar along those lines, was uh, Dylan Farrow yes. wrote an op-ed for the LA Times. LA Times. Yes. Um, and it's one of those things where I feel like we've heard her story so often. Countless times. But it's just never mattered enough. No. And that's basically, like, the gist of what she's getting at. Um, and it's talking about how... Like, again, because people love Woody Allen and respect him for whatever reason, um, find it incredibly difficult, impossible even, to hold him accountable for anything or even consider holding him accountable Mm -hmm. for anything. And um, she said, this is a deliberately created fog. A-list actors agree to appear in Allen's films and journalists tend to avoid the subject entirely. Um, although the culture seems to be shifting rapidly, my allegation is still apparently too complicated, too difficult, and too dangerous to confront. The truth is hard to deny, but easy to ignore. That line, just like... I know. It's so good. It isn't just power that allows men accused of sexual abuse to keep their careers and their secrets. It's also our collective choice to see simple situations as complicated and obvious conclusions as a matter of who can say? The system worked for decades for Harvey Weinstein, and it works for Woody Allen still. Recommend reading that. It was a really good piece. General. Um, yeah, Zoe texted it to me, and I was like, honestly, like Dylan and Ronan Farrow, Farrow, <laughs> Dylan and Ronan Farrow out here doing God's work. Like yeah. I, I don't know how they have, um, kind of the strength. To go about the uh, work that they do yeah. when everyone is not listening to them. Yeah. Um, I think that takes a lot, and I appreciate it. I applaud them for yeah. the... Um, for not, like, just giving being up. Being swept away. Yeah. No, I applaud know? them for telling their stories and continuing to, like, crusade for this, because it's obviously very yeah. important. Um, I found it interesting how, uh, in her article, Dylan mentioned that Woody Allen secured a multi-million dollar distribution deal with Amazon, which was greenlit by the former Amazon Studios exec, Roy Price. Um, that was before Roy Price was suspended for allegations yeah. of sexual Again, misconduct. weird. That Sensing a theme here. Um, yeah. Abusers supporting and protecting other abusers. I Also, um, another thing that I really liked that she mentioned in there was because a lot of the times when women come forward with their um, like allegations and their claims... Um, a lot of the time it's like the more they tell their story the more people are like well you said one thing here and you said something different here so that means you're lying so I like that she kind of like turned that argument on them too is like my story has been consistent been unaltered for, for 20 plus for 20 years. years so yeah I thought that was very very interesting <laughs> she also mentioned three um, actors by name who have like publicly denounced Harvey Weinstein, but have then been unable to do the same with Woody Allen. So 
Kate Winslet said, so mad reading. Kate Winslet said, the fact that these, talking about the Harvey Weinstein thing, the fact that these women are starting to speak out about the gross misconduct of one of our most important and well-regarded film producers is incredibly brave and has been deeply shocking to hear. But of Woody Allen, she said, I don't know Woody and I don't know anything about that family. As the actor in film, you just have to step away and say, I don't know anything, really, and whether any of it is true or false. Having thought it all through, you put it to one side and just work with the person. Woody Allen is an incredible director. Um, Blake Lively said of Weinstein, It's important that women are furious right now. It's important that there is an uprising. It's important that we don't stand for this and that we don't focus on one or two or three or four stories. It's important that we focus on humanity in general and say, this is unacceptable. But on the subject of Allen, she said, It's very dangerous to factor in things you don't know anything about. I could only know my experience. And then finally, uh, Greta Gerwig, who starred in Alan's To Rome With Love, has called him her idol, um, but said of the revelations about Weinstein and other powerful men, it's heartbreaking and I think it's overdue. But then when she was pressed by Terry Gross of NPR on whether she felt conflicted about working with Alan, she grew uncomfortable and said, you know, it's all very difficult to talk about. I think I'm living in that space of fear of being worried about how I talk about it and what I say. Well, yeah, it's difficult, but sometimes difficult conversations have to happen to make things work and go forward. Another example that wasn't mentioned in there, but that I was like, wait a minute, too, was Selena Gomez Ah. is going to be in his new movie. Upcoming film. Um, She won a Billboard Award. I'm not sure I wrote Billboard, but I don't remember if it was Billboard. It was either that or the American Music Award. Yeah, she won some kind of award and gave in a very, a very emotional speech in which she said the following. I've never felt this proud to be a woman in the industry than I do today. And that's because I actually feel comfortable with every single woman that has encouraged me about how crucial it is that the voices are being heard for the first time. It's so great. And yet, here we are. You're going to be in this movie. As we've said before, if you are going to denounce one person for certain actions, you can't decide that another person who is accused of the same actions is a good person don't and that you support Dunham them. Don't, don't Lena Dunham it. Don't Lena Dunham anything in your life. Just take that with you. Just don't be a Lena Dunham. What would Lena Dunham do? Do don't the do, opposite. Literally, don't do that. Um, because you know someone personally, like I don't know how many times we're going to say this on this podcast or just in life itself, but just because the person... Maybe someone you know, maybe a family member, maybe someone you have great experience with, memories, friends. An idol of yours, um, to quote Greta Gerwig. It doesn't excuse them from things that they've done. No. Um, they can be both of those things at once. They can be your friend, and they can be a horrible, horrible person who did horrible things. And you have to decide which one is more important to you. Yeah. So, it should be that they're a monster, but that's fine. I mean, do what you gotta do, white women of Hollywood. Um, (sighs) Yeah. It's a lot, lot. and it never ends. No, but the uh, Dylan Farrow article in LA Times is really good. I would recommend reading it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
even though we both just read like half of it between <laughs> the two of us. Um, but it's just, it raises a really good point of why are some of these men being condemned, but Woody Allen yeah. is just free to bop around and... He just has managed to just like worm, literally He's a literal worm, worm, his way out of situations yeah. his entire life. It's mind-boggling. I'm like, how? How? And the things that they talk about, it's just, it's horrible. And their claims have been backed up by countless people, babysitters that yeah. they've had. Like, there were eyewitnesses. There's people who saw it happen. <sighs> and then I just think, like, as if we already didn't know that he's a terrible person... It's just, like, I, I've never seen a Woody Allen movie. I'm not, like, trying to, like, brag here, but I've never <laughs> seen one. But I ju it just seems like a reoccurring theme is the, like, young ingenue, like, this, like, yeah. barely legal girl. And then just, like, this older guy. And I'm just, like, you're not subtle. <laughs> no, and, like, especially the new one, too, is literally just about, like, a relationship between an older man and, like, a teenage girl. That's not sexy. No. It's not fun. It's not flirty. No. And if, like, if all of this wasn't enough, he's married to his stepdaughter. Yeah, that's That's just, not normal. That's a whole other level. That's just, like, add that to the list and still don't talk about it. Like, yeah. that's... He has a lot to look at here. I know. I, I truly don't understand how he's been able to escape all of this no. and not be exiled along with the rest of them. But. My favorite thing was um, when all the killer clown stuff was happening and someone tweeted, was like, oh no, I hope the killer clowns <laughs> don't find Woody Allen at and listed his address. <laughs> I was like, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I, that's the thing. It's just like, but all the, you know, allegations about Woody Allen have been so public for so oh, long. Yeah. Like, it's not like anyone can be like, oh, I didn't know. No, it's Like, it's, it's been very public. For a very long time. For 20 plus years. And so everyone's like, oh, no, that's, we'll allow him to continue to. I don't get it. Like, we it. talked about when we first started talking about the Weinstein thing. Yeah. Was that, like, oh, the Academy removed him from their, like, board. But Woody <laughs> Allen's still there. He's still like, there. we know what he's done. But he... It's an Annie, Annie Hall. Annie Hall. I know. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a big old mess. It's just a big old dumpster fire. Also a big old dumpster <laughs> fire. So I was going to talk about this last week on the podcast, but I was like, no, like, let's not add to this, like, just shit show of stuff <laughs> that's going on. But it's the whole um, David Yates, J.K. Rowling, Johnny Depp thing. Um, and the reason I want to talk about it today is because there's actually, like, a new, um, development. development in the whole story. So, some background. Um, some of you may remember that Amber Heard accused Johnny Depp of domestic violence, or domestic abuse, rather, um, however long, a year, two years ago. Yeah. They have since divorced, etc., etc. Um, Johnny Depp, probably not a great guy. No. Just based on... But again, it was, an, it was another one of those situations time. where, oh, well, all of his other exes, you know, never, you know, said that he never did anything to them. You know, he was never rude. He was never abusive, et cetera, et cetera. That's the thing about Winona Ryder. I was disappointed because she, like, 
did a whole thing where she was like, well, I can only go based on, like, my experience dating him. Like, everything was fine. He was nothing but a gentleman. But, like, that doesn't mean I don't believe her. But, like, he was fine to me. And I was just like, hey, Winona, please. But, again, like, people are just so caught up in, like, what their experience was with somebody. And it's so hard for them to fathom that somebody else could have had a completely different experience. And Um, chances are, just in situations not to this level, mm -hmm. just, like, let's say customer service. One person goes in, has a terrible experience in customer service. You wouldn't go, oh, no, I went and it was great. They were so nice to me. You'd be like, oh, that yeah. sucks. Who was there? Oh, like Exactly. Um, so, yes, that whole thing with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp was happening just prior or just after the release of the first um, Fantastic Beast movie, which he makes a small cameo to prep everyone for the upcoming movie, which he is now going to star in. Um, and so David Yates, who's the director of the films and has done a bunch of the Harry Potter movies, was quoted as saying, with Johnny, it seems to me there was one person who took a pop at him and claimed something. I can only tell you about the man I see every day. He's full of decency and kindness, and that's all I see. Whatever accusation was out there doesn't tally with the kind of human I've been working with. Which I it doesn't matter. Who we're you just are. we sound like broken records at this point. I know, um, but apparently people don't get it. So maybe we just have to say it an additional eighty-seven times. Exactly. So that was what was going on last week. Everybody was like freaking out because of David Yates' comment, and rightly so because it's ridiculous and, and whatever. We've said it before. It's fine. Um, but then. Everyone was kind of waiting to see what J.K. Rowling was going to say because obviously, like, this is her brainchild. People are kind of like, she has the final say in this, yeah. does she not? Like, she, she has the ultimate power in this situation. And she has been incredibly vocal about the Harvey Weinstein saga and all of that. Um, but in her little... Um, statement that she put out today she literally said she is genuinely happy to have Johnny playing a major character in the movies and she finished with within the fictional world and outside it we all have to do what we believe to be the right thing yeah you know how the right thing is always supporting an abuser yeah do the right thing so I mean if that's what she thinks the right thing is um, I have a very different idea. <laughs> I think I think there are a lot of people who have a very different idea because I saw a ton of backlash yeah. on Twitter today. And again, rightly so. Um, it's just, again, it's so disheartening to see somebody be so vocal about one thing and then just completely ignore, ignore it when yeah. it is to do with somebody else. And then it's not even so much that they're like ignoring it. It's that they're making excuses for it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even like, oh, I'll never comment on this and just pretend it didn't happen. It's like, oh, I'll have my say and say that I think he's great. Say that like, I'm genuinely happy. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe I was not meant to. Yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. Um, so, there's that. It's a lot. Process it. Yeah. 
take it all in. Take it all in. There's probably so much more we can add to this. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's probably, we could probably open Twitter right now and find, like, ten other Oh, I'm sure, like, in about. the time that we've been recording this, like, by, some by other scandal yeah. has happened, and we can talk about it next week. Um, but those were just kind of, like, the big ones for this week. <sighs> Stay tuned, because I'm sure there'll be more for yeah. us to get angry about. You had a Twitter thread that you I wanted to talk do. about. It's nice. It's good, and it's, um, you know, not related to this whole terrible ordeal. ordeal. Um, let me find it. Of course, the internet is not going to work. Zoe's um, internet never works at her house. No, it's, it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> I follow someone on Twitter um, by the handle, your fat friend. <laughs> you're spelt Y-R. Follow them. They post good stuff every day. They ask people questions, they have polls all the time that are, like, targeted usually to people who aren't fat, and they're like, have you ever spoken up for someone when you saw this happening? So it's just kind of like, it's a very good Twitter account, and I would follow follow them. Um, But they posted a thread, and I will read it to you now. Please do. People who don't wear plus sizes, stop limiting body positivity by insisting on your own comfort and centrality. Say the word fat. Say fat without quotation marks, caveats, disparagement, or desperation to be corrected. Say fat until you learn to release your fear of the word. Say fat until you learn to release your fear of fat bodies, seeing them or having one. Talk about race. Learn about what body positivity means in communities of color, how our bodies are bent through the prism of race. Find the texture of the mountainous barriers faced by fat people of color. Stop assuming their lives are somehow easier, their bodies more loved. Unlock the cage of your anxiety about health. Learn from people with disabilities, people with chronic illness, people for whom the virtuous monolith of health has never been so simple. Learn how the standard interjection of as long as you're healthy hurts and harms them. Learn from fat trans people. How treatments and surgeries are summarily denied over a certain weight. How easily the truth of gender identity gets lost under fat. The constant sharp ache of being misgendered. But more than all of that, stop waiting to be educated. Called out or called in. Remember that body positivity is about the hard and constant work of building coalitions. Body positivity is a movement that requires work of you and it requires your discomfort. Body positivity has never been a simple injection of self-esteem. It's about the work of ending body oppression, and that means you must connect intimately with the oppression that isn't your own. You must learn to set yourself aside and learn the shape of others' struggles. (laughs) Body positivity (laughs) won't come from brands or retailers. It won't come from photos of beautiful white women slouching without makeup. (laughs) I love that so much. Uh, It won't come from slogans or ad campaigns, self-esteem, or loving your body. Despite Eve Ensler's kind words, the most revolutionary thing you can do isn't loving your own body. It's welcoming and defending someone else's. No, body positivity won't come from brands. It will come from active, hard-working solidarity. And that will require your humility, your action, and work. Not just when you feel comfortable or prepared, but when it counts when you're needed. You're needed now. Your action for body positivity is needed now, whether or not you feel comfortable, ready, and calm. 
it needs you, we need you right now. Not just your learning, but your action. So what action are you going to take to support others' bodies? Let's hear, we need you. Snaps for her, them, they, I don't know who's behind it, but snaps for your fat, your fat friend. friend. I really don't like snapping as no. a form of no. applause. But like, do what you gotta do, I guess. Follow your I just really liked that. Because I felt like in a Twitter thread, they somehow managed to cover everything. Mm-hmm. And just, like, main points of each thing. Being like, it's not this. It's not that. Stop. <laughs> Do better. It was, yeah, and no, it was very extensive and managed to sum everything up. Um, and I, yeah, I read through it there the other day and I was really impressed by yeah. it. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, like, everyone should read it. Because a lot of the times, like, we talked about Ashley Graham before because there's a lot of There's a lot to have. talk about. Um, oh, the boyfriend thing. Oh. But um a lot of the time within body positivity it's the people who are still conventionally attractive and are still somehow um what's the word I'm looking for? Like digestible, you know what I mean? Like acceptable people, fat. People can take that in and be like, fine, I'll accept that. Yeah. Because you're still like you have a nice face still. <laughs> So, yeah, like, got a nice face. Like, I don't know. I thought it was good that they talked about everything, and I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. No, definitely check the thread out on Twitter. I know Zoe retweeted it, um, so it should be fairly easy yeah. to find. You can retweet it on the account. Yeah, we too. should definitely do that. Um, another thing that's positive that I liked a lot was, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a new secret commercial, like the deodorant. I don't have cable, so oh. I don't see commercials. I saw it on the internet. <laughs> okay, but... well, I have ad blocker on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, and I know, again, because it's for a company, it's probably just to be like, oh, money. But it was nice, and I liked it. Sure. So let me talk about it. It's I our like podcast. I like that I'm arguing with you like you're going, no, Zoe. I'm stop. sitting here silently. Like, let me speak, Logan. <laughs> it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever um, we want. But it's. One of those, you know, have you seen any of the secret commercials where it's, like, stress test number, oh, whatever. yeah. Like, there's one with two women in the elevator, and they're like, you're going to walk up, and you're going to yeah, tell them Yeah, that one's cute. Yeah. I like that one. So it's another one of those, yeah. and there's a woman, and she's in a bathroom stall, and it's, like, closed, and she's, like, breathing, like, obviously nervous. Mm-hmm. She's like, and you can hear other women outside of the door, like, in the mirror being like, oh, my God, I like your lipstick. Where'd you get it? And, like, talking about a movie. Yeah. And she's, like, really nervous, and it's, like, she takes a really deep breath and then opens the bathroom door, and it says, stress test number, no, 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 Dana shows that there's no wrong way to be a woman, because she's trans, and she steps out, and then you just see the door close, and it's still the bathroom, but you hear outside of, they're like, oh my god, that dress is so cute, and they're, like, welcoming her outside. I started crying immediately. It was so nice. Like, it was just very lovely. Like, the no wrong way to be a woman. I was like, good job, secret, whether or not it's for money. But I love it. I I know. And it's such, like, a slippery slope in terms of, like, no, that sounds delightful. And I really love the concept yeah. of that. But it is always such a slippery slope. And, like, brands do these commercials where it's, like, 
it's like, oh, that's, like, such a great message, but, like, also consumerism. I know, <laughs> like, that's, like, I'm really torn. You're, you're just doing like, it to, so like, cute. sell a product. But, no, I think that that's amazing. And, again, it's, like, representation is so important. Like, that's the thing. I think considering all things, it's a good step. Absolutely. Because it's saying, it's, like, showing that Secret supports trans women yeah. and it's Including it in their definition of what it means to be a woman. And I think and that's something. that is important, and that's what we should focus on. We can post that too somehow if I can find it. Yeah, now. I'm sure we could find it on YouTube or something. Uh, well, something positive that I will share, since this has been kind of like a downer episode. Uh, we have a lot of feelings. This is what happens when we like prepare and yeah. we're all like ready to talk we're about like, stuff. like, car crash. <laughs> Listen, the car crash is positive. We're all fine. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, but I discovered a new podcast that I really like. It's called The High Low. Um, and actually, it was Kelsey J. Barnes. Kelsey J. Barnes! Um, Whoa, that was really aggressive. Yikes. I'm so sorry. She has mentioned it in her newsletter that she sends out, which you should, should blah, 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 <laughs> which you should subscribe to. Where's our um, I, I'm gonna tweet. I'm going to tweet a link out to that on our Twitter account <laughs> at some point. Because it's very good. Kelsey's a wonderful writer, and I love her dearly. She's talked about it on her newsletter, and she's, like, mentioned it, like, in her Instagram stories before. Um, But I was looking for a new podcast to listen to the other day because, as always happens, I get caught up, and then I'm like, I have nothing to listen to. (laughs) Um, So I had to, like, go back to one of her newsletters and find where she mentioned it because I couldn't remember what it was called. But it's with um, Pandora Sykes and Dolly Alderton, who are two delightful British women. Um, also the best names. I, right up amazing <laughs> names. Um, and basically the name of the podcast comes from the term, uh, like, term high-low journalism, which was coined by Tina Brown, the former editor of Vanity Fair back in the 80s. And so they basically just talk about anything from, like, the trivial to the political. And it's just, I have really been enjoying I've listened to, like, seven episodes, and I started listening yeah. to it yesterday. It's really awesome. I've gotten so many book recommendations from it already because, like, they're constantly reading. Yeah. And it's just, I don't like, it just makes me so happy. And I was saying this to Zoe earlier, but I feel like the majority of podcasts that I listen to are the format of just two women friends talking about things. Like, uh, The High Low, My Favorite Murder, um, Two Dope Queens. Honestly, <laughs> throw us in there. Um, That's why Lady Pod Squad is good though too, because a lot of the podcasts yes, are like high expectations. Like, exactly, like bam. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so I've really been enjoying that, um, and it's made me very happy. And I just feel ready to like take on the world. I just want to start reading again. I don't do enough reading anymore, and it's a travesty. Um, but I have some book recommendations that I'm very excited about, so... As if I don't have, like, a dozen books at home that are sitting on my (laughs) shelf unread. (laughs) With dust. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend it. Another cool thing. Cold Days of Podmas. Yes. Approaching. We didn't talk about that last week. I think we have only two spots. Wait, did we talk about this last week? Yes, we did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe it was a fever dream. No, I feel like we did, but I was like, um, we didn't do that. <laughs> there's only two spots left, so if you are listening to this and you have a podcast and would like to be featured in it, email us at thehonestlypodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, send some logos, and you're in. Simple as that. Simple as. 
Anything else? Um, I think that's it for me. All right. Well, as always, you can follow us on things. Yes. Already said the email. You can email us too. But Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are honestlypod, at honestlypod, or slash honestlypod. Depending on where you're coming um, from. What other platforms do we have? We're on Spotify. Also, honestlypod, we're going to have playlists yes. for seasons. <laughs> Zoe is embracing the Christmas spirit for once in her life. And actually, <laughs> she's very pro-Christmas music this year, which is such Trying a shock to, be a to me. Because every other, like, I love Christmas music. I love Christmas. It's my jam. Every other year, she is such a Scrooge. She's like, I listen to Christmas music on Christmas. That's it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sorry that you're miserable. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but this year, she's actually very festive. So. I'm trying. <laughs> She has started putting together a Christmas playlist um, that, if you haven't already added it, I will be adding the new DMX Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, I haven't. Get in on that. Oh, it is a banger (laughs) for sure. It's so good. I love it. Um, Uh, Yes. Spotify. Also, we have a website. It is thehonestlypodcast.wixsite.com slash home. Funny story. I was trying to get to the website the other day, and I typed it all in, and I was like, why isn't it working? And I, like, retyped it, and I was, like, saying it in my head, and I was like, I forgot the slash home. The one thing you needed to remember. Because it really doesn't get you anywhere if you don't have the slash home. It's like, we can't find that. Sorry. I don't know why the slash home makes all the difference. I don't know. It does, though. But, um... That's it, I guess. That's it, that's all. All right. Bye. Bye.